What community sounds like. Stay open. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, and I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft this week is our buddy Chris in Tampa. Chris, how are you doing? And, of course, important, what is in your glass? I am doing good, Denny. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, And in my glass tonight, I am drinking Scorched Earth from Mm. Brewbus Brewing which is a double-barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout. Oh, nice. It was aged in rye, whiskey, and rum barrels. Wow. And uh, I bought this on kind of a whim. Um, it was released for We Are in Tampa Bay Beer Week, or we are just ending Tampa Bay Beer Week tonight. Uh, a release from Brewbus that um, bought it on a whim, and I'm very pleasantly surprised with this one. <laughs> Wait a minute, why are you pleasantly surprised? Did you think it was going to be just too over the top uh, with the barrel aging? or, or I, had never, I don't think they've done much barrel aging in the past. Okay. If they did, I don't remember if I had any of it. So I was always a little hesitant. Just, you know, how is their barrel program going to actually work out and all that good stuff. And then it's good. Okay. Chocolatey, vanilla, and little bit of boozy barrel it's good nice nice that that sounds good it sounds mm-hmm. good what uh what might be in your glass tonight all right well um i am drinking something that i that i've never had which is nice i typically i'll drink stuff on here that i've you know that i I've, I've drank prior just so i can talk about it but this is a special occasion this is a, a beer that i received in a beer trade and uh, it's from Genesee, Genesee Brewing in Rochester, really? New York. So known for their cream ale and some of their college, uh, you know, back in the, the day, the college drinking beers. <laughs> and this is the Bach. And it's their special edition box. I don't know what that means. It's a special edition. Meaning maybe they don't always brew this Bach uh, year round. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with with Genesee at all? Um other than the cream ale, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. I know they kind of they came out with a couple of new beers uh, recently, or well, at least within the last uh, year oh, or so. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, a special series, right? They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I have no idea about them. <laughs> well, so I haven't had Genesee beer since I was stationed on the East Coast back in the '80s. So it's been a long time. Since uh, since I had one, and I was glad this was kind of like an extra thrown into the box because this is not something that you know a beer trader really would seek out. I don't think maybe maybe it would be, but um, I'll tell you what, this is a nice, easy drinking beer. It's it's you know for a, I love Bach styles, but a lot of times because Bach is a like a hardier lager, and it's typically a little bit more boozy, more alcohol. It can come across a little boozy. It can be a little bit heavier. This one is not. This one is very uh, more on a lighter side. It's got a nice malty character up front, and it finishes. Uh, it has a little bit of sweetness, but it doesn't finish sweet. It finishes nice and 
kind of balanced, uh, you know, not too dry, not too sweet, just a nice even keel finish. Um, I literally just opened this and it's almost gone. I, I did, I did check into it before we started recording because I didn't want to forget because I found myself checking in the, you know, going in and, and finding beers that I know I could have swore I checked in to untap, but they don't show me as checking into them. So I don't know if it's because I drink things and forget to log it because I, for, you know, I forgot that I, you know, a lot of times if I am drinking and, and chatting with my friends, I don't want to interrupt the flow. So I'll wait until there's a little bit of dead time. Then I'll, I'll go ahead and log it in. And maybe that's why I think I log beers in and I never do because I just get absent minded. And in my mind, I logged it in, but in reality, I never got to it. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying this one. Uh, thank you, uh, Matt Knight. I'll talk about Matt here in a, in a few minutes. But uh, I really appreciate that you threw this in here because I have been wanting to try Genesee again since I've heard that they are still producing beer and making some better some better beer. Okay, well, now that we started talking about beer, let's go over what Tap to Craft podcast is all about for any new listeners out there. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer, and we want to help you, the listener, along in your craft beer journey. You're listening to episode 95, recording on Sunday, March 11th, 2018, and in this episode, we will discuss, yes, the art of beer trading, the pros and cons, as well as some tricks of the trade, pun intended. Hmm. And, of course, you can count on Chris and I having some great beer conversation along the way because as we talk about beer then you know we always get at least i always get sidetracked about other things related to beer so you know what sit back grab a beer and enjoy the show chris is there anything fun going on in your area uh, that you want to talk about actually something fun is winding down uh tonight is a um it's tampa bear tampa bay beer week uh has ended today um, and usually Megan and I are super excited about Tampa Bay beer week. Um, you know, mostly because we have the Hunapu day, mm-hmm. uh, beer festival. Well, what happened is we ended up selling our tickets for <laughs> Hunapu day. Uh, we thought we had an event scheduled where we were going to have to work, uh, yesterday. So yesterday being Saturday, the, uh, what the 10th, um, we thought we were going to have to uh, sell our tickets, have this event, and then after we sold the tickets for exactly what I paid for them, uh, a couple days later, we realized uh, that in our new paperwork that we had received, uh, we weren't working that weekend. <laughs> so we decided, well, we got our money back for them. We got some other things that we could really be spending that money on, so decided not to go to Hunapu Day. Um, we have been swamped with beer week people near us though um if anybody any of the listeners do a search for angry chair brewing uh, i'm sure they'll come up with some news that um (laughs) (laughs) angry chair is pissing off the neighborhood uh because of the response and the turnout that they've been getting for all of their bottle releases that they did for beer week they did um i believe it was four releases uh, one almost every day of the week. And um, 
I mean, it was getting to the point where like school buses and stuff couldn't get down the street. Um, it started off that they were going to release everything around noon. Um, and because so many people had lined up either super, super early in the morning uh, or even stayed overnight just to get some of these bottles, um, the lines were getting so long that Angry Chair sent out a blast on Facebook and said, hey, we're moving everything to nine. Uh, get here now. We're starting to sell. And <laughs> I mean, if it, if, if it was one thing, it was something else. I mean, buses couldn't get down the street barely. Um, you know, neighbors are freaked out because, you know, there's random people camping out on the sidewalk in front of their house. And um, so much that uh, the owner of Angry Chair or one of the co-owners of Angry Chair said, you know, hey, we are, we appreciate the neighborhood's support, um, uh, and we're, we want to apologize. You know a lot. You know apologize so much. They said, you know, we didn't tell people to line up early. You know, we didn't tell them to you know camp out on the sidewalks. And we're doing all these releases offsite next year because mm. they uh, they have a tiny place, man. I mean, all week long we were trying to get over there to even taste some of the stuff that they released, and it was completely packed inside. Um, and then if you go out in the, the, by the entrance, there's a queue or a line to get in. So people are literally waiting outside for one person to leave. So another one person can go in. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so we kind of decided, Hey, um, being that that's our closest brewery and our, you know, our most well-known renowned brewery, uh, other than cycle over in St. Pete, which had a debacle with the, their barrel aged bottles that they tried to release. Um, I mean, it was insane. It was two, two hour plus lines to just walk into angry chair and get beer. And it was just, you know what? We're going to stay away from Tampa beer week this year. <laughs> um, it, it was insane. There were Craigslist ads for people to come and stand in line for other people. And they were getting paid $20 an hour to stand in line at angry chair for someone. Wow lines of you know just homeless people being paid to stand in line so they can buy beer for someone it's it, it was absolutely nuts okay Insane. so so you haven't been enjoying beer this week then uh not really <laughs> um other you know other than one here and there while we're you know enjoying dinner or working dogs or something it's it wasn't anything special just yet. So hopefully there's still leftovers all over the place from beer week and we can go get some, some new stuff from, yeah. from local places. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they'll do a, well, they'll do an offsite uh, thing for next year, but maybe they can do their own little mini festival. Maybe angry chair has gotten so big that even when Hunapu days is going on, they can still do their own festival at the same time. Right. Well, <laughs> they did. They actually do. It's just called the, uh, the rare and rad beer festival. Oh, um, so, you know, thousands of people want to gain access to this festival. They sell 150 tickets. Oh my goodness. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so it's, you know, everybody fights for these 150 tickets and it's, it's insane. Okay. Well, so you know what? I'm kind of glad that I don't live in a big city that has to deal with that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'll just drink, I'll just drink the beer I can get at here locally and, and be happy that I don't have to wait in two hour long lines. Well, I mean, it, it, normally it's not like that. Normally, if we go to angry, you know, so many people come into town just because of, of beer week. Mm -hmm. And normally if we go get in line, I can get in line at seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock. 
for an opening at nine and I'm 95% sure I'm getting beer every time. Yeah. But when they're so big and so sought after, like these were for this beer week, I mean, there was no chance in hell. I mean, I walked in, I was able to walk in the door on Monday because I wanted to see if I could try what they released. And, uh, I walked in there and it was literally, there was no room to even move to go to the front of the bar to get served. Mm. It was just packed. Well, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, that maybe, uh, you know, I know that before you guys were so happy about all the great beer in Tampa beer week, Hunapa day, all that stuff, getting all these bottles. And now that these so many good brewery breweries are coming around in the ear area that it's going to be harder and harder for you to, you know, maybe get the beers that you want to get, but all right, you never know. Maybe they'll go open a, a spot that's bigger and then they can fit, you know, 300 people into their. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that it'll, it'll make us try, you know, you know, little things yeah. or, you know, different breweries. Like, I don't know if I would have went to brew bus and got this scorched earth that I'm drinking. If I was able to buy, you know, bottles at angry chair or you know, go to Hunapu day and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, John had mentioned that to me the other day when I was texting you guys about picking this up. And he was like, well, now you got to try all the uh, outsider stuff. And I was yeah. like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, there's some rare gems in there. So, <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Well, what was going on with you? What do you got for uh, for some beer events? All right. No real events. I have, you know, gone out and, and done my normal drinking out at uh, different establishments. But the real news of this show for me is I've been doing some beer trading and uh, I want to talk about, I, I traded some beer with uh, our listener, Kevin Page, uh, in January, and he recipro- reciprocated the the jester and uh, sent me some beer from the Florida and North Carolina area, and he sent, sent me five beers, and I'll tell you what, I've had four of the five, and those four have been really, really good, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to the last one. I just might need to hit him up for some more beer in, in the future, because uh, I was really impressed with these with these beers. So, the first one I want to talk about is uh, a Florida brewery called Civil Society, and they make uh, some. I guess that they're pretty famous for making their uh, New England IPAs. I I think. Mm-hmm. And he sent me a New England IPA. It's called Hieroglyphics with Mosaic, Mutuka, Mutuka, and Topaz. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's a 16 ounce can. Uh, I poured it into my glass, and it was definitely a full-on hazy beer. I mean, this looked like it was an Orange Julius style. Uh, thick, heavy, uh, big, big, giant uh, uh, tropical fruit aromas. The aromas were incredible. The flavor was a little bit, was really good, but a little bit less than what I smelt coming from the, the glass. And it tasted uh, fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. I, I gave it a five on a tap, so uh, that was the first beer I tried, and I was uh, I was impressed. Uh, then um, I, he also sent me some beer from North Carolina from Burial Beer, and the one that I really really enjoyed again, I gave this another five, was their Griddle Imperial Espresso Stout, and mm. uh, this beer was just incredibly delicious. And what I liked about it, it was. It was an, a coffee stout, but the coffee wasn't overpowering. The coffee was just subtle in there, right? You tasted the coffee, but 
you still got a lot of the uh, the the dark malt and the chocolate. There's like a chocolate character that would remind me of like chocolate syrup. Like you know, if really, you know, if you were to go and, and open up some Hershey's chocolate syrup in a can uh, and just take a little sip of that, it wasn't as <laughs> heavy like that. But the flavor of that, you know, kind of that dark chocolate uh, character was coming out in in the beer. I really enjoyed the beer. Uh, really good. So yeah, I gave that a five. He sent me another burial beer. Uh, called Blood Tusk Keller Beer Lager. So this is a lager, a Keller beer. A kind of a, they call it a Keller beer, but I didn't feel that there was, oh, you know what? It said Keller beer. I was thinking Keller Weiss. I was thinking this was the whole time was a Keller Weiss beer, a wheat beer, but it's, it just says Keller. To me, it seemed like a, it really was like a, like a, maybe a Pilsner. Well, or, I mean, your notes you have it written as Burial Beer Blood, Blood Tusk Keller Beer. Lager. Yeah, lager. Yeah. So it's a it's definitely a lager, but uh it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh I I mean it wasn't anything I I don't have any uh description that just like that was special. It just tasted good for again, I was thinking it was uh a wheat beer, but yeah, it's a lager. It was good. I gave it a four. And then the other one is uh from Seventh Sun in uh a Florida uh, brewery and this was their barter bait berliner weiss and this berliner weiss which they do a lot of berliner weisses i i take it because he sent mm-hmm. me two this one had passion fruit and something interesting uh vanilla and i thought well that's an interesting flavor to put into a blender a sour beer and uh, you know i poured it in a glass uh, i started drinking it i'll tell you for one thing the first thing i noticed is that it was a it was really tart i mean i'm used to tart beers I'm, I'm used to even some of the the Berliner Weiss styles that I've had have been a little bit stronger on the tart side but I think the ones that stand out to me in the style are the ones that that don't have that super tart character it has a little bit of tartness in there uh you know I I tend to like that for the style a little bit better but this one was a great beer um very clean the flavor I mean you could really taste the the passion fruit uh character came out uh in that in the tartness and um, I couldn't get a big vanilla flavor, but if you, I think that where the vanilla comes into play is after you drink and after the finish, uh, there's a little bit of lingering uh, flavor in your in, in the back or top of your mouth that kind of gives you that vanilla flavor. And I think that's where I could sense the vanilla that was in there, but it was really good. I enjoyed that one. I gave it a, I gave that one a four uh, cap rating also. And the last beer I haven't tried yet, I'll be having it this week, is another Seventh Sun beer, and it's called Sakura Obscura Berliner Weiss. And this one has cherry and pomegranate in it. So I'm really curious to see how those two uh, fruits uh, blend together, because sometimes pomegranate can give me, if it's, can give me kind of a, a not so good you know, feeling or flavor, like it can kind of come across sometimes like, uh, like after you just uh, threw up and you have that that uh, <laughs> that sour that weird throw up uh, taste in your mouth, so I'm hoping it doesn't have that. And then of course the cherry can come across medicinal, but again it's a blender of ice, so I'm keeping my I'm keeping positive that they use these both these fruits in a in the right amount that uh, will give me a good beer. And I think Kevin said also that this that one is not as tart as the first one, so it should be should be interesting. 
so that, that was one beer trade uh, that went really well. Uh, the second one is uh, I'm also participating. I mentioned in the end of the last episode that I'm, that Flux Opposed podcast is doing a beer exchange group. And I joined up and I got partnered with Skinny Matt Knight. And he lives in Rochester, New York, or at least in the area. I think he lives in, in a, a suburb of Rochester. But he's right there in the area. And he wanted to share a lot of the great beer from that area. So I was really excited to get some beers from the, the Rochester area that, for one thing, I've never heard of, or I've only seen my friends that visit Rochester or live in New York drink. So I'm, I, he sent me a package. I think there was uh, nine beers. And I, I tell you what, he did really, really good in choosing beers that, you know, that he thought I would enjoy. I mean, there's a lot of different coffee beers. Um, there's some rye beer, some brown ales, some stouts, porters, even uh, this Genesee uh, Bach, which I enjoy box. And I think he threw in a, he threw in another, oh, uh, there's a, a coffee-infused Scotch Ale. That I'm really looking forward to trying. Now, I think that is going to be, um, you know, a, a, pl- a good surprise for me with that coffee flavor, uh, w- along with that multi Scotch L. So yeah, I uh, I haven't had it. The only beer I've had so far is this Genesee, first one I've opened. I've been really busy since I received the package Thursday night. Um, I was out Friday night and Saturday night uh, drinking. Uh, you know, a little bit, maybe more than I should. And so I, I haven't had a chance to drink the beers, but trust me this week, I will be drinking uh, a lot of the beers that I got from Matt and you can look for them on untapped and I'll talk about them in the next episode for sure. Well, it sounds like you did a, a, a some good trading. Yeah, I think it, it went well. I, I was, uh, we were supposed to do four to six beers and you can tell that, you know, Matt went overboard. I went overboard too. I, I had selected, I think it was close to 15 beers that I wanted to send and I had to narrow it down to four to six. I'm like, I can't do it. There's just too many things that I think he would really enjoy. So I ended up sending, I think I sent him eight. I think I sent him 10 beers altogether and a, a bunch of, most of them were, all of them were cans on one twenty two ounce bottle. And it's a, a good variety of different porters, stouts, uh, and you know, stuff that he would like. I also sent him a Scotch ale just because, I wanted you know send something out of his style preferences to see if he would enjoy it, and I'm hoping that arrives safely to him on Monday. It's in Rochester, uh, and uh, it's sitting at the UPS warehouse, and I'm hoping they're, that their UPS drivers are very very gentle <laughs> and aren't gonna you know destroy the uh, the box. We already had one fatality in the. I think there's eight eight people doing the beer exchange, and one of the shipments did. Sp- bring a leak and got discarded so we lost we lost one one beer shipment already in the first uh, outing and another guy uh, I feel bad because I don't know what what he did but uh, the shipping was like sixty seven dollars it's nothing sounds like he's shipping nothing but bombers <laughs> yeah maybe that's it maybe he was <laughs> from like Alaska to Georgia <laughs> I, I was like $67. He says, yeah, this is be my first and probably last uh, beer trade because I can't afford the shipping on this stuff. Actually, uh, I've shipped when I have to ship a lot of stuff uh, from Florida to like anywhere west of Colorado or out like towards Nevada or California. 
it can add up really quickly, especially yeah. if, if, you know, and I use um, a bottle shipping box and mm-hmm. we'll talk about, we'll get into beer trading mm-hmm. um, and it holds 12 bombers. Yeah. And, and that, that, that gets real heavy real fast. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the, what's the most you've paid for shipping on, on sitting that box? $74. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. So I guess it's, it's possible. But that's because I took the box to trade in a place where I was, traded everything out or drank everything or got rid of everything, and then filled it back up and had to send it home. Yeah. That's okay. Well, you know what? That's still a good idea. You still, I mean, you had to ship it home, but uh, it you got 12 bottles, hopefully, of good stuff that you can't get in your area. To- well, we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about that in, the, uh, in our beer trading Okay. Um, part and one of the tricks that I use when I'm shit when I'm carrying that box. Okay, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, hey, you know what? Before we get into the into uh, some listener feedback and of course our brew buzz segment, why don't you hit us up with some of the noteworthy beers that you had? All right. So uh, one of my first ones is from Big Top Brewing in Sarasota, Florida, mm-hmm. called Declan's Indulgence. It's a uh, chocolate peanut butter stout. And uh, it seems like we've been in stout weather, you know, stout season here <laughs> yeah, because it is, it is winter. still winter. <laughs> it is still winter. Uh, I'm drinking one now and uh, I've been drinking a lot of them lately. I've got one on tap in my kegerator. So it's yeah, still stout season. Um, so that was really good. I gave that one a four cap on untapped. Okay. Um, excuse me. And then this brew bus scorched earth. Um, I was, like I said, I was impressed with it. Uh, their beers keep getting better and better. Good. And uh, like it says, the uh, double barrel aged Russian Imperial Stouts, chocolate and vanilla, and a uh, little bit of alcohol burn, kind of boozy. Mm. Um, but then you know the barrel shows up and it's it's not too overpowering. It, it worked out really good. So they nice. did a good job blending all that together. Uh, gave that one a four and a half cap. And then one I wanted, the last one I wanted to talk about was I kind of felt like was a, a highly hyped beer mm-hmm. was a founders Canadian breakfast stout. Now, yeah. granted what I'm going to say is, you know, my opinion. So, you know, prove me wrong. If you say <laughs> otherwise, um, I gave it a 3.75. Okay. And it was one of the, it was one of those things that I was really excited to try. I finally got to try it. And, um, I was just like, yeah, I, I really wouldn't, go out of my way to buy this. Mm. I could go, you know, pick up a barrel age, something else. Um, and I think the big thing for that beer is that it was aged in maple bourbon barrels. Oh, unfortunately the, uh, the maple flavor didn't stand out too much, but, um, I mean the beer was good. Um, but it's not, can't say that it was something I'd, you know, go stand in line for. Yeah. Now, now is this the first time you've had this or you had this before when it was released? This is the first time I've ever had it. Okay. Uh, actually, from what I remember, Canadian Breakfast Stout, and um, I know there are a few people out there who live in Michigan who can help us out with this, maybe. Uh, I think they only released that at Founders at the brewery. Oh. Uh, this past year, uh, Founders has been doing a little more with their Barrel Series beers, and it actually saw distribution down here to Florida. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know if 
producing such bigger batches maybe affected the quality or yeah uh, and again it's not a bad beer it's just uh, it was just a little overhyped and uh was kind of disappointed okay Un- understandable i i've been that way too when i when i get something that's got you know, everyone loves and then i just like yeah it's just it's okay i've had better <laughs> yeah um i actually had another overhyped beer bell's hop slam which again it was good beer <laughs> But, you know, I'm not going to go stand in line for it yeah. or, you know, I think it's like 22 or $23 a four pack here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not paying that. I got it on tap and tried it, got to check in and you know what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm good on that one. So. I, I, I've had that. I, it's been a, something that John and I have talked about before. I've had that beer twice and both times I was, I don't know if I had an older bottle or whatever, but. It's just the same thing. It just didn't wow me that everyone else says the best thing ever. I'm like, it was okay, but it, you know, it, and I, and I think I had an old bottle the first time I had it because I said that, man, I'm not getting much of, of the hops at all on this thing. And John says, you check the bottle date because yeah, it normally has a pretty good hop, uh, you know, bouquet on it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I hear you. I, some of these beers just aren't really. Um, I mean, there's hype, but I think now that there's so many good breweries out there and so many good beers that back in the time when, when it was okay to have a standout, uh, double IPA, when there wasn't a lot of standout double IPAs, right? And so then mm-hmm. people say, yeah, this is a great beer, but now there's so many breweries brewing good double IPAs that I don't think they might stand up as well because there's you know a lot of variety now yeah i think i even said in my my check-in on untapped like it's good but uh you know i'd much rather have like a bell's two-hearted mm-hmm. or yeah. even like belching beaver's phantom bride like, oh, i yeah. love those two so much more than than i did with this one. Oh, good good well what about you denny let's uh let's hear about some of your new and noteworthy beers okay well you know i've already talked about uh a few in, in the beer tray, but I have three more that I need to talk about that uh, I got here locally that are really good beers. Um, all these beers are on the West Coast, though. So uh, if you don't live, you know, west of the Rockies, you're probably not going to get these these beers. But I'm going to talk to them for all our West Coast listeners. The first one is Modern Times, Modern Times down in California. We've talked about their... Uh, you know, they have a coffee, they, they're a brewery and they have a coffee, uh, roastery too. And they use a lot of their beans in the beers that they brew. And one of the things we talked about in our coffee beers segment we had on, on one of our shows was that they, uh, use these bourbon barrel aged coffee beans. They take the coffee, the green coffee beans and they put them into a barrel and they, they age them. They age them in the, in the, the barrel with the, uh, with the bourbon, I guess. I'm not, I'm not sure how much bourbon's in there, but they, they age it and the beans take on a character of that bourbon. And I've had a couple beers like this that did this method. And the first one I had, I didn't think was, I mean, I, I didn't really feel it. It was her local brewery did it. Um, but I'll tell you what, this one, this beer is fantastic. So it's Modern Times City of the Dead, and it's an export stout with bourbon barrel aged coffee beans. And I'll tell you what, this is a he- is a nice, thick mouthfeel, heavier stout, great roasted malt character with some chocolate in there, 
chocolate character and the coffee. The coffee beans, the bourbon coffee beans are just a very subtle hint in the finish of the beer. You get this little bit of a, of a vanilla coffee character. And I'll tell you what, this beer was fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I had it Friday night and, um, I had it. And then my friends that were with me, they, they had it and loved it. And so, um, yeah, I recommend this one to anyone who get modern times, check out this, this, this beer city of the dead export style. I gave it four and a half cap rating. The uh, next one is, uh, is from Georgetown Brewing. It's called the Meowza Double IPA. And this is uh, a hazy and tropical juicy. It's tropical juicy IPA. And it's a, it has like a big juicy pineapple and like a mandarin orange character to it. Uh, the aroma is big. Uh, the flavor also pretty, pretty big, but not overpowering with that, uh, that flavor. And the finish is a little bit. It's not, uh, it does have a little bit of a bitter finish, which I appreciate. I, I like to have a taste of that bitterness at the end of, uh, of a nice IPA. But they don't want to call it a New England style IPA, but this thing is definitely a New England, New England style double IPA. It was, I mean, you know, the picture of me drinking it and it was hazy as could be. I mean, you couldn't see anything through it. Uh, it was good. So if you can get uh, Georgetown in your area, which they don't they just started um doing some limited cans they do their lucille ipa and their uh bodhisattva ipa uh in cans now so i've been drinking those out of cans recently i've posted on untapped i think i i uh at least i posted the the lucille ipa which another beer that i swear i put on a tap but when i went and and, and checked it out it i hadn't logged it and i know i've had that beer a number of times but they normally just distribute kegs. They don't, they just started their canning stuff just recently. And then the last beer I'll talk about real quick is a, again a brewery I've been talking a lot about on the show recently with all of their New England style IPAs. They're out of Reno, Nevada, Revision Brewing, and this was their Planet Lovetron, and it's a New England style IPA, and it was uh, really good. And the artwork was uh, still. Bizarre, you know, they have the bizarre cans, this pink can with a, with a, a curvy, like a pinup girl type, you know, girl standing on it. Uh, but it was a good beer, good New England style IPA. I get it four and a half caps. I gave that Georgetown a four cap for that double IPA. All right, those are my beers. Go out and try them if you can. So now we've got uh, some listener feedback and a listener question. And I'll start off before we get into the feedback. I have been doing Twitter polls and I want to give you a recap on what the poll was and how it went. And the poll for the last show was what is your favorite beer style to drink in winter? And we had a pretty good turnout on this one, 32 votes. And let's go with the, the lowest vote. You had the choice of IPA, Porter, Stout, or Lager. Four votes for Lager. Yep. I guess people don't like drinking lagers during winter only four votes oh wait that wasn't the lowest one actually the lowest one was porter with only two votes yeah so porter two votes lager four ipa five surprising huh maybe ipa isn't king at least not in winter time and an amazing 21 votes for the stout and chris you have to admit since you've been drinking a lot of stouts and i've been drinking some stouts that it makes sense that people like to drink stouts in winter 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely stout season. Yeah. All right, so we have a new Twitter poll I just put up today. It's running through Sunday, March 18th. And since our topic of the show is concerning beer trading, I thought it was just a good question to ask if people have experienced beer trading. So have you beer traded? And uh, the, the the answers are four. You can only have four answers on Twitter. The answers are yes, and I love it. Yes, but it's not for me. No, uh, I can't remember what I chose, but no, uh, I I haven't done it yet. And then no, I don't even I don't even want to do it. Right, I'm not even interested in doing it. So there's your four choices. We've already had I don't know six or seven votes since I posted it uh, an hour or so ago, and uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what people's experiences are. They, there's been some comments too on, on the uh, commenting section of that Twitter thing. So go find Twitter before Sunday, find the poll on our Twitter account and, and give us your opinion. All right, Chris, you want to hit us up with, uh, with our first uh, feedback? Sure. So Mike Allen posted to our Facebook wall, uh, just caught show number 94. Great job as always. Regarding the mention of El Segundo, my wife and I were in the area last spring and stopped in for a beer. I didn't know of Steve Austin's involvement at the time, but he happened to be there and treated the entire tap room, which was about 100-ish people, to a pint on him. I don't recall what I had, but I remember it being pretty good, plus we got to brag to my wife's younger brothers, big fans of of Steve's, about Stone Cold buying us a beer. Pretty cool of him. Cheers. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I love I love that Steve Austin l- enjoys their beer so much that, for one thing, he did a collaboration with them to use his name on a beer, and then he comes and visits, and because he's so appreciative, he buys everyone a beer. Now, that is a kind of celebrity that I, you know... I, It'd be nice if there was more celebrities that did that kind of stuff that we that we what about. bought you free beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, who wouldn't want someone, even a celebrity, <laughs> to be that? Yeah. I mean, I buy free. Be- I buy beer for people all the time, but it's well. I mean, it's your nice. credit card is on file. That's at, true. At, at Trek. That's so, true. Yeah. I'm just gonna have John start shipping me crowlers and stuff. <laughs> Denny said he was buying it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was that was a. I like that feedback from Mike. Thanks, Mike, for that uh, that story. And we also had Travis at uh, Minus St. Louis commented on Twitter. In regards to the Wild Ales episode, another great Midwest brewery to check out would have to be Side Project Brew, one of the best in the St. Louis area. And he's right. I forgot about Side. I mean, I've, I've seen Side Project being mentioned, and I knew that they were a very small outfit. And it's like, I mean, you, you pretty much have to go to the the to the tap room to get their beer they don't distribute they don't uh i mean they, they, they basically only sell their beer pretty much from their their own tap room uh so i'm glad he mentioned this so i just want to give a little bit of uh, background on on side project brewing for anyone out there maybe in the st louis area or who is vi- going to visit st louis um let's see this is a quote from their from the uh, the owner it says what began as a dream and a side project has now grown into our 100 percent barrel-aged brewery. Passion, experimentation, and patience drive the creation of our rustic saisons, wild ales, and spirit barrel-aged ales. And uh, as I mentioned, they are a small brewery. They do not distribute their beer and and really have a a limited bottle release, again, that they only sell on-premises. 
And in 2015, they were rated or they were voted Rate Beer's eighth eighth best brewery in the world. And that's pretty impressive that, um, I mean, a small little brewery like that is in the top 10 uh, best breweries in the world of 2015. So these guys are, you know, are a little, a small gym that you guys need to visit if you're going to be passing through the St. Louis area. And uh, thank you, Travis, for uh, bringing that up. We really appreciate it. And we have a listener question, Chris. Why don't you read the question? All right. This is from Zach Steele at Z underscore Steele on Twitter. He says, if somehow you guys haven't tried Huckleberry Pucker by Paradise Creek Brewery, you have to. It's my favorite sour of the Berliner Weiss and one of my favorite beers. Yeah. Have you, you I, I haven't. I was going to say that it's probably uh, you definitely have the closest access to it because it's in uh, Pullman, Washington. Or at least, that, let's see, there's a, a downtown restaurant. Okay, and then, yeah, there's a restaurant and a tap room in Pullman, Washington. Yeah, yeah. So I have not had this yet. Um, John has. John commented back and says, yeah, he has had it and it is very good. Um, that Yeah, in Pullman where uh, Washington State University is at, um, I, there's a bunch of breweries in that area that I need to go visit one day. I need to make a trip up there. And just go and visit all these breweries. But yeah, um, I haven't had it. I haven't had it yet. Uh, it sounds great. Uh, it's on my short list now. I, I will put it, I think I put it on my, my wish list already to try it when I, when I see it available. So, uh, but yeah, thanks, Zach, for, uh, for recommending that. And thanks, uh, of course, for listening and uh, let us know, uh, any other beers that you recommend that I may or may not have uh, tried. But uh, any of our listeners in the Pullman area or Washington State, uh, give us give us your feedback on what you think of this beer, too. Okay. Well, if you want to be like our other great listeners and provide us with your comments or questions, you can do that easily through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com or on Twitter. Just follow us at tapthecraft. And feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And don't forget, we do have a voicemail number. You can call 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY to leave your feedback and questions and get your voice heard on the show. And I want to take this moment to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that we put out, then we know you'll find some other great shows like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Form Radio Network over at OpenFormRadio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Form Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. Okay, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we discuss the ins and outs of beer trading, and provide a few tricks of the trade. And like I already mentioned, it kind of, uh, this whole topic kind of got brought up to me based on the interactions of the Fluxopose Beer Trade or Beer Exchange Group. I realize that there's a lot of questions out there, even you know, even myself, who's done it a few times, 
you know, is not, uh, I, I, I don't feel like I'm an expert at this. I don't, I don't do it routinely. I just do it when, you know, when I'm either asked or I want to send beer to, to someone or I receive beer. So I thought, you know what? There's a lot of people out there that probably have questions. And of course, our friends over at the Bad Fodder Figures podcast, uh, they asked me, Hey, what's up with this beer trading thing? What's, you know, is it, you know, is it safe? How do I do it? You know, they wanted to get the ins and outs. And I thought, Hey, let's listen to the show. I'm going to give you or Chris and I are going to give you the ins and outs of beer trading, tell you what it's all about, tell you the pros and cons and, and the way to do it to, to try to make it go as smoothly as possible. So why you first, you got to ask why, why trade beer? Why, why are people doing this? And I, you know, with the increase in local breweries that, you know, now we have over 6,000 breweries in the States, there's a lot of beer to drink. Why do you need to go out and get beer from states far away from you when there's all this great beer you can drink uh, locally? In fact, even as far, you know, as, as close as 10 years ago, we didn't have much beer, like craft beer, available on store shelves. Like you go to your grocery market, all you would get was the big beer chain beers. And maybe you might have uh, some some bigger craft breweries uh, in your state or maybe some that, that were distributing from out of state on the shelves. But it was very limited. Now, they're fighting for beer space for, for craft beer. Now, there's so many different breweries trying to get in there. There's lots of opportunity to, to buy craft beer. So, it, it seems weird that people want to trade. Okay, so local breweries and craft beer is far more available locally now than it was even 10 years ago. There are lots of choices of styles and breweries from around the region and even the nation. But yet the craft beer enthusiast still wants more. They want what they cannot get, or can they? Beer trading is an option for craft beer enthusiasts to get exclusive or even elusive beers in their hands without having to travel to the brewery or to the state. And keep in mind that craft beer traders, they are driven by by taste right they have a style that they really appreciate let's just take for example kevin page loves those new england ipas if he wasn't able to get a good variety in the local area he's at he would be you know trying to get some beer trades to get what he wants in there because he has a taste for that style that he can't get in his local area craft beer enthusiasts like myself and chris and john we are always want to try new things, right? We we like the st different styles. We want to try new beers from new breweries because uh, once you drink everything that you have to offer in your local area, you are looking out to go and find stuff from outside your area that, you know, will be good also. Then these people, craft beer enthusiasts, they listen to podcasts like Tap the Craft. They get on social media. They read articles in magazines or newspapers that talk about all the great beer coming from areas outside of their region that they can't get. That also will drive them to try to go and, and find the beer and start trading. And then of course, some traders, they are just collectors. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like hunting for that el elusive, uh, I don't know, baseball card or football card or, or Pokemon card or whatever it is that you collect. Uh, it, you know, they just want to collect them. Maybe put them in their cellar and say, yep, I got this elusive or special beer. Maybe they're going to do that. They're going to collect them and then use that as barter or trade bait for other beers that they want to get. Maybe they don't even like the style, but they know that if they can get this beer, that it'll 
be better for them to be able to trade up to something better. And of course, some beer traders, they, they just do it for the social aspect. They want to find good beer. They have good beer in their area. Let's say, uh, Chris, you have Angry Chair that right down the street. Yeah, sure, on Tampa Beer Week, it's not ideal to go get their bottle releases. But every other week or month that they give a release, you're able to get a bottle or two. So mm-hmm. it's a good opportunity for you to uh, to offer up these rare beers. And now people are going to be coming to you to uh, you know to get those beers. Now you build a little relationship. You start shipping more and more beers. You get friendship. You know, it's kind of the social aspect of you know both having a similar interest in the hobby and love for craft beer. And now you start to you know send them beer, and then you you start putting extras in because you you know what they like. And and before you know it, you've got a friend that you met just through trading beer. So those are uh, of course some of the 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 reasons why people trade beer. You have anything else to add to that, Chris? Yeah, I was just going to kind of touch on <clears throat> a couple of those. Um, let's see, where was it? So, yeah, like you mentioned, craft beer traders are driven by taste. So, once they exhaust the local offerings, they want something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, you guys kind of out on the West Coast and like the North, uh, in the Northwest area, you guys have um, certain beers or certain styles or certain flavors in beers that maybe we can't get here in Florida mm-hmm. or like for example, in Florida, we have what's called a Florida Weiss, which is, you know, kind of like a Berliner Weiss, but normally has, you know, fruits and stuff in it. Um, and it's a really light beer and just kind of good to drink whenever. So, I mean, you guys can get flavors and, and, and different kinds of things from all over the country just by trading beer. True. Um, some of the traders are just collectors. Um yeah, I mean, there's definitely been times when I've traded for beer where I didn't even like it, but I know what what I could trade for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could uh, so maybe you know maybe like for my example, my example for me personally, I'm not a fan of the wild ales, things mm-hmm. like that. But I know some people just lose their minds over them. So uh, you know, if I can play my cards right, you can trade up for something maybe you're not going to drink that you're going to trade for something else or use yeah. for what you know, trade bait. Yeah. And, um, the social aspect, uh, I don't know what everybody else finds out, but I find out that most beer people that I deal with, uh, they're just fun to be around (laughs) and, um, you know, whether it's beer making them that way, uh, or if there's just kind of a demographic that goes with people who are into craft beer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, you know, I always have fun making new friends, especially when we're trying some extra beers or rare beers and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you even mentioned this is kind of a side thing, but when you're standing in line for a bottle release, mm-hmm. people bring beers. They bring beers that maybe others can't get, and they kind of like offer it up. Hey, you want to try this uh, special beer? I mean, that that's part of that social aspect of the craft beer you know, community is, is yeah, stuff like that. I, I'd have to say, okay, so every. 99% of every bottle release I've ever been to. Uh, I didn't know the people next to me mm-hmm. on either side when I was standing in line or whatever. Uh, but you know what? We all shared beer and conversation and whether or not I saw them again, if I saw them in passing. I mean, because after a while, you start to see a lot of the same yeah. people in the area, which yep. I think is kind of cool. Um, so it, it, it really is a lot of fun. And, you know, it gives you an excuse to drink before 7 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good. It's always good. <laughs> 
Okay, so um, why don't you go into how you know how how do you beer trade? How, you know how do you find out who wants to trade and all that stuff? So you have a couple of different options. Um, you can do a local meetup. So maybe you just got back from a trip and brought back some extra bottles of rare or sought after beers, and you want to try to acquire some special beers of your own. Of your own, uh, you can set up a local meetup uh, to trade to trade beers. Uh, this is a lot less stressful and costly because you don't need to ship the beer and the transaction happens in person. So you know exactly what you're getting. And that's always my preferred way to, of doing it. At mm -hmm. least the trading part is definitely in person because, man, that shipping gets expensive. Oh, yeah. Like what we were talking about earlier. I mean, it gets bad. Um, you and I were talking about zombie dust uh, yeah. a while ago. And I was like, oh, man, I got... I, you know, I was able to get a six pack when I visited Ohio and I was like, I'm going to send Denny a mm -hmm. bottle. And I was getting on USPS or whoever I was using to ship it, uh, like UPS. And it was going to be like $13 to yeah. send you a single bottle. I was like, yeah, Denny's just going to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that That's the thing is that for a single bottle, it's expensive. That's And so exactly when I was doing, the beers I'm going to send if I'm going to if I'm going to spend the money in shipping to send it all the way to New York from Boise, which is the longest, you know, that is the most costly uh, uh, rate, I guess, because it's the furthest away. I, I don't want to just send, if I'm going to pay the same price for four beers that I would for six or eight beers. I'm going to send eight beers, right? Because yeah. I'm going to I feel like you know there's more there's there's more benefit to send more for the same cost in shipping. Uh, but yeah, for sure, one bottle for thirteen, no. But if you, you know, if you threw in a bottle and a couple cans, or you know, or three cans, yeah, maybe that makes it a little bit easier. But no, you just save that zombie dust. I'll, I'll, we'll drink zombie dust when I visit uh, John at Trek Brewing. It's a year round, right? Zombie dust is year round, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, so a couple other options that you have is, uh, you know, social media, the social media, yeah, social media and the internet. Uh, so you can join some beer trading websites or forums to find traders for what you have or what you want to acquire. Um, some sites you can check out that have subsections of their websites dedicated to trading, uh, reddit.com, uh, reddit beer trade, uh, ratebeer.com, beeradvocate.com. And there's Facebook groups, uh, Beer Trade, ISO, uh, FT, uh, which we'll get into those beer trading terms here in a second. Um, you know, maybe not always uh, good for the beginner or the person that's just, you know, easily offended. Uh, some, definitely some elitist assholes <laughs> in, the, uh, in the trading world. Um, and, I mean, basically, most either major cities or states um, – you know, we'll have trading groups on Facebook um, and they'll have different rules that you'll have to learn when you go into those rooms. Um, but, you know, it may, might be a good outlet for, uh, you know, if, if you're if you're really looking to trade some beers. Yeah. How, how do you um, how have you done yours in the past? Besides from people you didn't know, if you if you just had something you wanted to offer up for trade, have you used any of these sites? Um, I've. Everything that I've done has been through Facebook. Okay. And it's always been, um, mostly it's been state-based, I guess, or, or if that's how you want to look at it. But it, uh, there's one that I use called uh, Florida Beer Buy, Sell, Trade. And 
you know, people post their available Florida beers. And uh, that's actually how I met a couple of the people I trade my angry chair stuff with or sell my angry chair stuff to um, is through those, those trading pages. Um, and, you know, really, I mean, there's just, kind of, it's kind of like, Hey man, you got the stuff and be like, yeah, you got the money. <laughs> be like, okay, we'll trade the same time. And it's like, yeah. I, you know, I, I, it, there's a lot of faith involved in this man, especially, you know, if you're just beginning, um, granted there's people who've been burned where, you know, they, they set up a trade for, you know, a half a dozen bombers of some really good stuff. And, you know, the other person doesn't reciprocate as they were supposed to and start small and work your way big. Yeah. Uh, find some, find some reliable trading people. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and ask the people that you're trading with, Hey, do you have any other people that you trade with that you could recommend for, you know, this area? Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you're looking for some stuff, you know, in Florida, you could say, Hey, Chris, do you know, uh, of people who trade in Florida who are reliable and, yeah. and you know, they go through with their trades and yes, I can send you tons of people, um, you know, same up, up for your way, whether it be, you know, up in Idaho or how John, you know, knew people was living in Seattle or, um, same for Ohio. If you're looking for people in there, we can help you with that. So it's just really, um, finding some good, reliable people and granted most people are pretty, pretty okay <laughs> on good. those, uh, larger Facebook pages. But of course, like we just said, there's uh, there's some elitist assholes out there, on just people who are just scumbags and are just out to take your beer. So yeah, yeah. Uh, do some whatever due diligence you can. Um, so some terms for trading beer, uh, you'll see these a lot when you are searching the listings, and you see these. Um, they're they're pretty standard throughout any of the trading that I've ever done too. So you have FT stands for trade. Um, ISO stands for in search of BA, uh, stands for barrel aged and there'll be a dollar sign, the number four and the dollar sign just means dollar for dollar. Uh, it means there's someone's asking to trade something of the same retail value. So, you know, if you're trying to trade a bottle that cost you $15, uh, that person's going to try to get you something that's in the same neighborhood. Um, and then of course, you know, one of our favorites, a whale, the whale, uh, the whale, um, a whale's a, a particularly rare or, you know, extremely sought after beer, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, it's the whole Moby Dick reference. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it's, it's the elusive white whale that you're looking for. <laughs> um, and you can always find, uh, any additional beer trading terms at, uh, at beertradingglossary.com or you know what? talk to some people and just ask the room questions. And again, I'm kind of going back to all those uh, Facebook groups and stuff like that. And that's cause that's just what I use. Um, ask them. Uh, you'll find those, you'll find those, uh, those elitist assholes real quick when mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll know not who to trade with yeah. when you ask questions. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good. All right. So as you can tell, beer trading can be a bit of a stress on you if you know because there's a lot of unknown right you you're putting trust in someone else there's a lot of things that are going on so let's talk about some of the stresses that you might have to worry about here so keep in mind pulling off a successful trade can be overwhelming and even a toxic experience especially to rookie traders again if you get involved with someone that's one of those elitist assholes 
it it may not turn out well. You might feel uh, belittled and I mean, people should be nice. That's what I think. Just be nice, but not everyone is nice. Also, it's, it can be especially stressful if, for someone that's not familiar with the realities of procuring and packaging beer. So you need to find beers that, let's say, for example, this is more in the, in the realm that, uh, like what we're doing our beer exchange at the Fluxipose, we're not going out and seeking individual beers for them to, to send us. We're letting it up to the sender to select beers that they think that we would enjoy from their area or that they can get uh, and send them to us. So it's kind of a mystery box. And so sometimes there could be a little stress on the person picking out those beers to make sure that, hey, am I sending something that they're going to enjoy or, you know, are they going to be disappointed in what I send them? So that's something that, you know, maybe you got to take a little thought into and make sure that you're, you're able to pick up beers that they're going to enjoy. And of course, packaging beer. Uh, you, you just don't want to uh, collect all this beer, send, send it off, and then have it damaged or not even reached to the, uh, the, sen- the recipient because it got, you know, a broke, broken bottle leaked and the, the shipper dis- disposed of it. Uh, so, again, that could be a little bit extra uh, stress. And uh, the value. You want to make sure that the trade is fair and equal on both sides. And again, if it's not a dollar for dollar thing, that makes it easy, right? If you know that the guy that you guys are trading off beers that cost the same amount, that makes it easy. But um, if you don't have that type of stipulation, then, uh, you know, there's there's value in the beer and you want to make sure that, you know, each each side is getting a good value for their efforts. Yeah. And I was going to say a lot of the times what you can do is if you're kind of doing those, Hey, I'd like to try some beer from your section of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've done in the past, we just say, okay, well, what's your limit? Like as far as what you're willing to spend on your beer and you can say 40 bucks or 50 mm-hmm. bucks. That way you go out and buy about $40 worth of beer, $50 worth of beer. And that's what you're going to get in return. Um, once you start finding some good solid trade people. Okay. That's good. Good, good advice for sure. And of course, as we already mentioned, shipping beer to a stranger halfway or fully, you know, across the country, that can be a bit unnerving, a little bit stressful. You got to ask yourself, will the beer arrive undamaged? Is the shipping cost worth what you'll be receiving? You know, if, I mean, that, that's, you know, you don't want to pay all that shipping costs and then get beer that, you know, is, in your opinion, is something you picked up at the five and dime on the corner. Uh, that, that wouldn't be too good. And of course, uh, will you actually receive the beer? You know, like you, like Chris mentioned, uh, sometimes you send beer off and you never get anything back. And that's, you know, that's a risk you take and it can be a little bit stressful. And of course, after adding in the shipping costs, the trade becomes very, a very expensive beer purchase. Is it really worth it for you to pay that inflated price for the beer? And that's another thing that, you know, beer trading is not cheap. And when you ship beer, that's an added cost of the beer you're drinking. And people, you know, they get used to trying to be, you know, especially thrifty buyers like myself. You know, I, I when I pick up a six pack of beer, a lot of times, if it's not a, a beer that I absolutely love and will pay anything for, if it's just something I want to drink for like my daily drinker, I go with what's easiest on my wallet, right? If I'm going to be pounding back a six, like, like I went to a party last night. And I brought a six pack of uh, a beer that I, you know, that I knew I'd be pounding down. Uh, 
you know, you, you want to make sure that uh, that the beer you're going to be receiving is worth the inflated price. Instead of instead of paying two dollars for a beer, you're going to possibly pay anywhere from you know from a four dollar inflated price to five to six dollars per beer, depending on how many beers you're getting. Is that beer really worth you know seven to ten dollars? You got to ask yourself if if that's uh, really worth it. Okay, now here are some complications that can go on with your beer trading. Some states have laws banning the shipment of beer directly to consumers. And uh, here's the states that it's, il it's illegal to ship beer to the consumer. So if you actually do ship, you're, you're even breaking some more laws. Uh, Alabama, Arkansas, Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Minnesota, New Hampshire, New York... So I, so I just broke the law. Uh, North Dakota, Pennsylvania, South Dakota, Texas, and Utah. That was not Denny Luce speaking. That was someone else. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> someone else. But, yeah, so that's, I mean, people aren't aware a lot of times of which states allow and disallow beer to even be shipped to directly to the consumer. Now, the workaround for this is you don't you ship it to a third party. Uh, a lot of times there's distributors you can ship it to and then you just go pick up the beer up and you pay a you know a a, a fee for them to be the middleman in the in the, the transaction there's something else to that can be complicated in this whole beer trading thing also keep this in mind beer traders can be considered as modern day bootleggers beer trades openly disregard the laws of shipping and carrying beer over state lines um, yeah, it's against the law to carry beer over state lines that, and to, you know, uh, and to ship beer over state lines. So beer trading is actually, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's breaking the law. So keep that in mind that you're actually a bootlegger. Um, <laughs> now do people actually get arrested for this? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it's really, uh, something that's, that's, you know, they may get warnings, right? They may say, Hey, we we've, we we realize you did this. this is against the law. So we're going to slap your hand this time. Don't do it again, or we'll arrest you. I feel like it'd be one of those things that it would be really tough to prove that even if a package came to my house that said Denny Luce from Boise, Idaho shipped it. Yeah, it'd be really hard to prove it that okay. you actually did it. Okay. However, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and we'll, we kind of go in this like you'll. Uh, you can ship a beer and one of your bottles breaks. This is why you pack your beer very well. Mm -hmm. A bottle breaks, like you mentioned, the shipper may see a leaky box and dispose of it, or yeah. they're going to open. They're going to open it up, find out what's leaking, um, and whatever their procedures are for that. I mean, you could ship a two hundred dollar or three hundred dollar box of beer to someone, and because you, you know, skimped out on a little bit of bubble wrap you're throwing that all away when, you know, you just put five extra bucks towards some extra bubble wrap and some packing materials. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I know plenty of people that have had a bottle break or a can bust or something like that. And FedEx, UPS, they throw it away. Yeah. yeah. And they send you a letter. It goes, Oh, we tried our damnedest, but your package was damaged <laughs> <laughs> and you can't, you can't go to them and go, okay, well I had this beer, this beer, this beer in there. Um, so I'd like to make a claim on the insurance that I paid for it because mm -hmm. like you said, it's a felony to send beer across state lines or yeah. uh, well, you know, depending on who you use. But I mean, 
I'm no lawyer. So, um, yeah, it, it can be an issue. You could miss out. On yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not easy, right? Cause these are the complications of, of doing this beer training thing. So you got, again, if, if you can handle that extra stress, uh, then try it. It's a little bit of stress, but then once everything goes through and, and you don't get busted, then you, you get relieved. So then you become less, you know, every time you do it, it becomes less and less uh, concern. Yeah. But I mean, the more times that you do it, I, I feel like it's bound to happen to just about <laughs> everyone, especially if like you continue to do it. Yeah. Granted, I've probably shipped mm, less than 10 boxes with beer. May, I might be right around that, mm. right around 10. I haven't heard of any breaking or anything like that, but I mean, it's, it's like the more you do it, it's bound to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So another thing is, is uh, officially the word trade is describes the transfer of goods or services using currency as the medium. And it's actually illegal to sell beer without a license. So most beer traders are not in fact trading. They are bartering. They're actually trading. They're actually bartering for goods versus trading. So keep that in mind. Uh, we call it beer trade, but it's maybe, I kind of like the word that Flexipose is using, beer exchange. They're exchanging beers. Um, again, it's currently a federal offense. And again, as Chris mentioned, a felony to send beer across state lines via the United States Postal Service. This law is not well enforced, but the USPS will intercept boxes. And if it thinks it contains contraband liquids, they will send a warning letter to the sender to say, hey, cease and desist these activities or you will be held accountable. And a felony is a felony. That means a lot of things you can't do. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, it's, it's another risk. Also, US, uh, UPS and FedEx, they, they aren't quite as strict about what can, can be shipped. But note that shipping beer is officially against company policy unless you hold a liquor license. So they don't, you know, it's, it's a little bit looser with them. So it's, you know, maybe a little bit safer to send with uh, UPS and, and FedEx. But again, still against their policy to ship beer if you don't hold a license. All right, Chris, now that we've worried all these people about all these things that can happen, what if they decide to go ahead and do this beer exchanging or beer trading? Um, let's see, how, how are they going to package up their beer? Guys, bubble wrap is your friend. <laughs> um, some side notes about rubble, bu bubble, yeah, that stuff. Some side <laughs> notes about bubble wrap. Use it liberally. Wrap each can or bottle individually. And on bottles, the neck is the weak point. So make sure you wrap or pad that extra well. Yeah. Um, put your bottles and cans in Ziploc bags and then pack them tightly inside of whatever you're packing them in. So even bubble wrap bottles can break if everything's, you know, kind of loosely packed in there. Uh, you can also put everything inside a garbage bag for an extra level of leakage containment if anything is damaged during shipping. So the only time your box gets stopped normally is when, you know, the box gets wet. Use a box of adequate size <laughs> to hold the beer and allow for good cushioning with bubble wrap or styrofoam peanuts. So your box, you don't want your box to be too big because uh, one, I mean, they could charge you extra if your mm -hmm. box is too big. Yeah. 
Um, use plenty of packing tapes. Make sure that box is nice and secure uh, so it'll hold together during shipment during, uh, due to the extra weight of the beer in case it gets wet from you know rain or snow during the winter months. Uh, if you're shipping a heavy load, then think about double boxing it with additional bubble wrap or foam between the boxes. Um, and like you mentioned, you found a 12 can styrofoam shipping box from beershippers.com. And I'm, I'm going to assume that's going to be in our uh, show notes Yeah. Uh, for 13 bucks plus $5 for shipping that can be reused and will take some of the worry out of your shipping. Um, and it'll have the, uh, the, the box measurements are approximately like 11 and a half inches by 14 by eight and a half inches. And that'll hold, you know, 12 cans. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just threw a link into our notes there. Uh, what I use all the time is a box that I got from U-Haul. Um, and if you could, Denny, throw the, this link in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, I've, I bought this box from U-Haul. It's just a wine shipper. And it holds 12 bottles. It cost me, I think after shipping it to my house, it was less than 20 bucks. So this is the box that I bought specifically to ship our first batch of beer out to the hotel when I met you in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. I still use it today. Ah. Same box. Oh, good. Um, so when, you know, I ship it home, you know, I ship it, you know, UPS, FedEx, um, and it holds 12 bottles. Well, also what you, what I do is I'll take this very same box and because we fly, uh, when we fly somewhere, we'll use Southwest or someone who offers two bags per person. Mm-hmm. And I, and I use Southwest a lot just because we have a credit card through them. Um, they allow two bags per person. Well, I've got my regular suitcase and my box of beer that uh, I just check in as my second bag. And it goes into this, this wine shipper. And I've shipped things from Las Vegas, North Carolina. And um, I want to say it was somewhere. Oh, and from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still have this very same box. Nice. That, that I think I've got about a, I might have one more use in it next time we go somewhere. So, um, so for 20 bucks, I mean, you can get some good adequate shipping materials if you're shipping a lot of beer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that bubble wrap and styrofoam peanuts and all that stuff, those are going to be your friend. <laughs> um, you don't want stuff moving around in the box. Yeah. Um, so always pack up and tape up the box before arriving at the shipper. Uh, try to resist the urge to ship through the post office. Use use UPS and FedEx. Um, and what I've always been told about that is because the post office is a federal branch um, business or a federal business. Um, that's when things get iffy mm-hmm. because, you know, if you get convicted of a felony, it's from, yeah, again, yeah. not a lawyer. Um <laughs> Just pack your stuff correctly and then you don't have to worry about that. Uh, try to ship to a commercial address. It saves you about 10 or 15% on your shipping costs. So if you can ship your stuff to uh, your job or a friend's business or uh, even a shipping store, uh, UPS has UPS stores and FedEx has Kinko's and all that stuff, you more than likely can ship uh, directly to those stores. Don't tell the shipper that it's beer. <laughs> yep, that's it. We... Uh, we don't condone lying, but <laughs> you can fudge the truth, though, right? Fudge the truth, yeah. Um, fudge the truth a little bit and say it's uh, vintage glassware, live yeast cultures, water samples, vintage sodas. Um, the last three 
definitely uh, look into something like that if your box makes a, a sloshing noise. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you pack it right, it's probably pretty quiet. So those are uh, those are some great advice. Um, I, I'm all for. I, I really do a good job with the shipping tape. One thing I didn't put in these notes is uh, try to find a decent box, too. Don't get, like, a thin box. Try to get one that's got a, a decent uh, thickness to the, the cardboard, the corrugated cardboard, mm-hmm. and then just tape the hell out of it because if it, you know, it does have extra weight, and if you have the bubble wrap in there really tight, I mean, I literally, for the box I just sent off to New York, um, I now I feel bad about this, and I'm, I'm this is probably the one shipment out of like the seven shipments I've done with beer that I'm the most nervous about because I didn't, I didn't have a, I wanted a box a little bit bigger than what I sent. And this is the only box I had available to me. And I wanted to ship it, you know, on Monday because I'd already delayed it a few days because I needed to find some more beer. And so I went ahead and just rolled the dice with this smaller box and I'm hoping it doesn't bite me in the butt, but because it's, mostly cans and I did bubble wrap and Ziploc bag, everything. Um, I just couldn't get a, a little extra layer of bubble wrap that I, I wanted to get. And it's, it's really tightly packed and bulging. I just taped the hell out of that thing. I'm hoping <laughs> that that'll be enough to keep everything, you know, safe and sound. But you it just kind of, I was going to say, just kind of imagine that everybody that's going to be handling your box yeah. is going to be chest passing it from one person to the other, and they're going to be bouncing it off every uh, 90 degree object that they can find, uh, just bouncing it off the ground. I mean, I most, hope not. <laughs> mo- I, yeah. And most places, you know, they, I guess, gently or however gently they can place thousands and thousands of boxes in uh, semi trailers and planes and stuff. Just basically pack it like that's how your stuff's going to be handled, yeah. and uh, you, it's there's then there's no regrets later when you're like, look, I packed the crap out of this thing. If it broke, they must have been severely just so rough with this thing. Yeah, and that's that's my fear is that especially shipping through UPS or FedEx, I think that those two companies are more rough with packages, believe it or not, than the postal service. Because the stuff I get, I receive and send, you know, through USPS, um, the boxes aren't like destroyed with holes in them and stuff. But the stuff I get from, uh, you know, the things I get from Amazon and stuff, all the boxes are damn near destroyed that come to my house. So I, I don't know. I don't think they handle things as nicely as the post office. Maybe. I think I think they're. All, I always just kind of imagine everybody's just uh, disgruntled and throwing boxes yeah. <laughs> around. <laughs> if you work for the U.S. Postal Service, UPS or FedEx, I'm sorry, I don't mean you specifically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, one last thing. So now, let's say you've just heard all of our spiel about beer trading. You say, you know what, this is not for me, but I want to try to get some beers that I can't get in my area. How is there a way to do that without breaking the law? And going through this beer trading stuff and the hassle and the packaging and all that stuff. And you know what? There is. There are some options. Um, I listed three options. There's more than just these three. But these are the three that I, I think are the most uh, known right now. Uh, for, for buying beer online and delivering to your home or business. And the first one is Taver.com. This is a fairly new within the last couple of years, I believe. Maybe two or three years this company uh, came about. I think they're out of... Washington State, if I'm not mistaken. 
and uh, they have a, a limited amount of beers that they get from really special breweries, and you can opt to uh, receive their service where you'll get, I think it's like random selections that they, they have. They'll have like, this month they're going to do whatever, lagers, IPAs, and whatever, and they send you six or eight beers, and it's like, or you can buy your own beers, I think. You can even go and pick the beers you want, but it's a service that allows you to get beer. Um, I haven't tried it because they didn't, for one thing, they didn't uh, do Idaho, but I I saw recently they added Idaho to the list of uh, of places that they can send beer, so I might look into it, but again, uh, one of the stipulations with all three of these companies that I'm going to mention is that the service requires that at the time of delivery, a person of 21 years and older is there to sign for it. So you have to be home to receive it. And most packages get delivered at my house when I'm not home. And that, that becomes an issue. So I'd have to send it to my work or to some place that could have someone available to sign for it that's over 21. Uh, mm-hmm. another, another one is bringonthebeer.com. Uh, another beer shop that has a, a rotating variety of beers that you can purchase. Um, and then craftbeerkings.com, same thing. They have a variety of, of specialty beers uh, and even some non-specialty beers that you can buy. Now, keep in mind, shipping costs on these can be just as expensive or or actually are just as expensive as the beer trading. So you're going to pay shipping and you're going to pay probably, you know, the 20 to $28 in shipping. So... It, it, it can be expensive, so make sure you, you do your research. Uh, a lot of these places say that it's best to find a sweet spot with the shipping. Like I mentioned before, you don't want to ship one beer and pay 28 bucks for shipping. It's not worth it. So you'll want to find a sweet spot. They say between 6 and 8 beers or a 12-pack. Somewhere between 6 and 12 beers is usually a sweet spot with the shipping to make it uh, cost-effective so you're actually getting more beer for the amount you're paying in shipping. All right, so we'll have those links in the show notes also. Any last words before we close out this segment, Chris? No, I think that pretty much covers anything. And if you guys have questions about it, you know, feel free to reach out to us on social media or Facebook and things like that. We'll gladly answer any questions that you might have. Or if you, if you want to give it a shot, you're just not sure how to even begin to start, glad to help. Yeah. Yeah, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. We'll get Chris to uh, answer any of your questions. He's, well, you know, he's done it. Well, I don't know. That sounds like now that you've done it as much as I've done it. I've done it about seven times, I think, and I think you said yeah. about seven too. So we we're about equal. But I I wouldn't say I'm an expert. I mean, it's only one way to learn. Yeah, by <laughs> by doing, by doing. Okay, um, I want to quickly just uh, do a re uh, revisit. The Smutty Nose, there's an article that was released yesterday or Friday, Friday actually, about Smutty Nose. They had their auction, and uh, the bank bought them back for $8.5 million, I think, or something like that. And uh, the reason why is because there's like six different buyers that want to buy Smutty Nose, keep it Smutty Nose, and leave it in the area to keep producing the same beers. Uh, So it looks like Smutty Nose will live. We don't know when this will actually um, all come to- together. They said it's, you know, they have to go through and do the interview process to find out, you know, which buyer is going to actually, uh, you know, buy it from the bank. But it looks like Smutty Nose is going to s- stick around. So maybe they'll they'll get a new owner in there that will that will have a better business plan 
and figure out how to make Smutty Nose uh, popular uh, or more successful. Now, one thing that they did mention, uh, one of the buyers mentioned that you know Smutty Nose does can or does uh, bottles, and that a lot of people are uh, really appreciative of the cans, the canning. So they were thinking of uh, switching over to canning uh, their beer instead of bottles. Uh, and that might make a difference too in in the fact that they can uh you know people will be you know maybe more apt to to buy cans than, than bottles so well and kind of a side note about cans to bottles if you guys are shipping beer mm-hmm. lighter to ship yeah. cans yeah that's true i i want to say that that's a good point that i forgot to mention in the, the stuff is is um i sh- i shipped i i told i think i mentioned at the beginning but i shipped I shipped one bottle. I wasn't gonna ship any bottles, but the last day I found a special beer, and it only comes it only comes around uh, in, in in special releases and and not very often, and it only comes in twenty two ounce bottles. I almost didn't send it because I was like, you know, I don't want to send bottles all the way over there because I I want to save money on shipping by being lighter, and I want to be able to ship more beers with the cans than I could with bottles. So I actually took out. Some of the other bottles, I had three other bottles I didn't include in the shipment because I, like I said, I had had like 15 beers I was going to choose from. And I chose to send all cans. And I think eight of those cans were uh, were 12 ounce and one 16 ounce and then that one 22 ounce bottle. And that, that all came up, all that stuff came up to 10 pounds. And if you had that same number of beers in glass, uh, it's going to be, you know, 15 to 20 pounds. Maybe, you know, might, might even mm-hmm. be twice what I paid or what I had. So keep it in mind that cans are a little bit cheaper to ship. Okay. I was going to say cans are uh, definitely a lot easier to ship. Not only are they lighter, but they're easier to ship because they have a more consistent shape mm-hmm. and they're easy to, um, you know, to wrap and bubble wrap. And I feel like they break, you know, they'll, they don't break as easy as glass would. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Okay. Well, that's it for the show. Chris, before we go, why don't you uh, let us know who you'd like to raise a glass to this show? So I'd like to I'd like to raise a glass to my dad, uh, Rodney McKenzie. Um, just him and my stepmom uh, made the move down here to Florida oh. uh, from Maryland. And uh, he should actually be here. Uh, just got in this evening. Uh, granted, he li- he's going to be living about three hours away from us, but... Um, Orlando and Disney and all that good stuff is a good halfway point for all of us. So nice, excited to have him uh, a lot closer, and uh, you know, hopefully his trip is done and he's all down here. So we'll get get him moved in soon. Um, and then to Kevin Page, I want to raise a glass to you, my friend. Um, was fortunate enough to meet Kevin uh, the other day. I had picked up a crowler of um, one of Angry Chairs stouts for him. Um, the other day, uh, but you know, it gave me an excuse that I, I had to go to angry chair and I got <laughs> two crowlers instead of just one. Ah. So, um, but it was going to meet up with him. Uh, Megan and I went out to meet up with him so he could pick up that crowler from me and just, we tried to get into angry chair, um, but it was just too damn busy. Mm. Um, that was the day there was like a two hour wait just to walk in the door. There was, you know a zigzag line of people mm. just <laughs> waiting in the parking lot, just trying to get in to maybe order a beer. Yeah. So. yeah. Did you guys have a chance to get a beer somewhere else together? No. I mean, it, he was, we, we had uh, appointments later that day 
And, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure he got his beer since he drove all the way from Orlando to uh, Largo, Florida, which I'd imagine is a good two hour ride because he went to a, a, a bottle release at Arcane Brewing for their um, <clears throat> unicorn blood Berliner Weiss. Oh, yeah, the Florida um, Weiss, yeah. And it was, uh, I think they released like 360 bottles, and there was about 300 people there plus. Jeez. Oh, so, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't one where, you know, I was like, hey, if you can get me one, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was, it was just good to meet him, and, and uh, I'm trying to get him some other Angry Chair beers. Nice. All right, and Denny, who who would you like to raise a glass to? Well, I'm also going to raise my glass to Kevin Page for uh, for sending me some awesome beers. Uh, I'm really, I was really pleased with the selection, and I just want to send my uh, cheers to you for for picking out some great beers. And also, Mr. Matt Knight, Mr. Skinny Matt Knight. Uh, hey, thanks for. I I mean, I think he really put some thought into the selection of beers, and when. Not only that, but he wrote a nice letter explaining each of the beers and why he selected it, which is the same thing I did too. That's I think that's it, it means a lot if you can actually put a personal touch on the package. And I didn't mention that either. Maybe I should have I should revise our our uh, notes for the segment because that that's always a nice uh, added feature if you just you know handwrite or type. I, I'm not going to handwrite anything because no one will be able to read my writing, but so I type it. <laughs> But if you if you just put some you know a little bit of extra personal touch on it by that it it it, it goes a long way I really appreciate it but uh, yeah he picked some great beers that I'm I'm looking forward to trying and of course the guys over at Flexipose Jason and Lucas for setting up this beer exchange and letting a bunch of guys experiment with beers they can't get in their areas there's been some pros some cons so far some highs some lows I hope we keep the whole group together and we don't lose a couple guys just from the uh, you know, from the the bad experience that they got in the first shipment. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to doing it again in, in a couple months. It's a, every two months or so, we'll we'll get a new set of guys to together to, to try beers. I want to uh, give some, con- some uh, condolences to my friend uh, Anthony Alex, who just lost his father a couple days ago. Uh, he was uh, young at 64. Uh, I think it just came all of a sudden, and uh, Anthony had some good words of advice. Is uh, hey, make sure you you tell the people you love uh, that you love them and care for them, because you never know when the last time you'll see them. So it's uh, some good advice, just to to not you know don't don't forget that these people mean a lot to you and let them know it. And of course, we we have some more condolences, which uh, you know, it's no surprise. It's just Chris and I. John wasn't able to make it tonight, uh, and that's because his wife's uh, grandmother passed away also last week. So they're uh, heading off to uh, take care of the funeral and stuff. So just want to uh, give our condolences and prayers to to them. And of course, being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services for protecting our freedoms. Uh, without these freedoms, Chris and I wouldn't be able to drink beer uh, and talk about beer and share it with you and send you this podcast to your ears. Uh, I just we really appreciate all you do for us. Thank you for your service and cheers. And Chris, why don't you uh, give our shout out to Hopcloth? All right. 
I want to raise a glass to Hopcloth Apparel for partnering up with us, and I encourage our listeners to visit their website at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative craft beer clothing. You can use the uh, code TAPTHECRAFT, and that's all one word, at checkout and get free shipping. Excellent. All right, you can find the beers and the links to the articles and the, uh, the links that we told you about in the Brew Buzz segment on the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. And as always, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. Nice. All right, Chris, last call. Time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank all of our great listeners for downloading and listening to our show and for all your feedback. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Uh, you can also put everything inside a garbage bag for extra level of leakage. So, uh, uh, extra level of leakage contaminant, con- that says contaminant. Containment. Uh, oh, containment. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, I'll have another drink. <laughs> <clears throat>